Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa laqibatu lamutaqeen wa la ujba'ana illa ala al-zalimeen. Wa salawatullahi wa salamuhu wa la shirafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'ata wa sahla wa anta tajlul hazna. Iza shi'la sahla, Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatika ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So... Uh, today is Wednesday, the 24th of January, um, and I am recording this from the Emirates. Um, and I have some stuff to do here, and then I'll be back in Cheadle in the following week, inshallah. And I'm recording this uh, via a few different methods, so let's see how it turns out, inshallah. Hopefully, it does work out nicely, um, but let's see. So I hope that you guys enjoyed uh, Sheikh Kehlan's uh, session on the Quran uh, last week. Um, some of the students might have found some difficulty um, uh, with accessing the notes and the um, accessing the notes and the uh, uh, video itself, and that was just a little technical issue. But please, if you have not seen it, then do catch up on it. Um, because it's very beneficial whenever Sheikh Kehlan's with us, yeah, it's awesome. But anyway, so uh, what we're going to be doing uh, today, uh, if you remember, we finished basically the big issue of um, uh, well, I've, I've been trying to work out actually where exactly to start to restart, but I think yeah, our discussion was mostly focused around. The fact that you don't need to, uh, of course, according to the Hanabila, you have to specify that exact prayer, the prayer itself. Whereas Sheikh Al-Tamin's position and our taught position was that, you know what, if you, you, you do the, uh, the intention of the general prayer time, then that's sufficient. Um, yani meaning that I'm just praying and it's dhuhr and it will be accepted. And I, I, I spoke a lot in detail about our perception of the niyyah and our general understanding of the niyyah. I've got to say that I'm a big fan of this. Anyway, so um, let's get the uh, notes up. One second. This is going to be interesting. How am I going to do this? This is going to be guesswork. Yes, here we go. So um, the Arabic is uh, what we're going to be doing today. So we've already done with Haniya. We've done all that. Okay. So. What we're going to be covering today is, let's read it from the, the top, okay? وَمِنْهَا أَنِّيَّ فَيَجِبُ أَنْ يَمْوِيَ عَيْنَ صَلَاةٍ مُعَيَّنَةٍ وَلَا يُشْتَرَطُ فِي الْفَرْضِ وَالْأَدَاءِ وَالْقَضَاءِ وَالنَّفْلِ وَالْإِعَادَةِ نِيَّتُهُنْ وَيَنْوِي مَعَ تَحْرِيمًا وَلَهُ تَقْدِيمُهَا عَلَيْهِ بِزَمَنٍ يَسِيرٍ فِي الْوَقْتِ فَإِنْ قَاطَعَاهَا فِي أَثْنَاءِ الصَّلَاةِ وَإِنْ قَالَبَ مُنْفَرِدٌ فَرْضَهُ نَفْلًا فِي وَقْتِهِ الْمُتَّسِعْ جَازْ وَإِنْ إِنْتَقَلَ بِنِيَّةٍ مِنْ فَرْضٍ إِلَى فَرْضٍ بَطَلَا وَيَجِبُ uh, Yeah, that's, that's, that's sufficient for us. So the translation of that from the conditions is the intention. It is obligatory to specifically intend that exact prayer. And that's what we've done. So what we're going to do today is from here. It is not a condition, however, to intend to pray an obligatory prayer or a prayer in its time, or a prayer after its time, or a supererogatory prayer, or to repeat a prayer. Okay? One makes the intention along with the opening takbir. However, 
It can be done a little before that as long as the time for the prayer has entered. If the intention is cut during the prayer or there is some doubt, the prayer is invalidated. If one doubts their intention, the prayer is restarted. It is permissible for one praying their obligatory prayer alone to convert it to a supererogatory prayer if there is enough time remaining. However, converting an obligatory prayer to another obligatory prayer leads to both becoming invalidated. Okay, so that's the, uh, that's the, that's the lesson, inshallah, that we're going to be doing uh, today. Okay, so let's start off with the top of page 294 in Al-Mumti'ah, okay, in the text of Zad Al-Mustaqni'ah. وَلَا يُشْتَبْتُ فِي الْفَرْضِ وَالْأَدَاءِ وَالْقَضَاءِ وَالنَّفْلِ وَالْإِعَادَةِ نِيَتُهُنْ So it's not a condition in, uh, when you're praying an obligatory prayer to intend for it to be an obligatory prayer, okay? Or in any of the other types of prayer. So for example, if a person has intended to pray Salat al-Dhuhr, it is not obligatory upon him to intend that it is the obligatory prayer. So just like we do, we say, يعني, what do we say? مَيَ يَجَرَّكَاتْ زُهْر or whatever it is. Farz, I think people do say it. See, I ain't got the packs around me today, so I can't even confirm. Uh, but if I'm doing the Pukhto one, Zohar Faraz. Yeah, in the in the in the in the Pukhto one, we do, uh, and in the Arabic one, you do actually mention both things. So you mention that you're praying Zohar, but you also mention you're praying Farz. Well, hold on, what else is dhahr if it's not fard? That's the whole point. It is already yani, intrinsically what it is. Because the niyat of dhahr already combines the fact that it's a fard. So that's it. So therefore, it is no, it's, it, you, you do not yani, uh, do that. And likewise, Ada is a very important phrase. We covered it before. Ada, just like in the Urdu, Urdu word, um, you know, we say namaz adakarum. Right? Pray your namaz. Ada. Ada means to perform something correctly in its right time. See, we have Ada, which is to pray something in its right time. Then we have Qada, which is to pray something after its time. We have Al-I'ada, which is to repeat something within its time. So there's three different categories. Okay, so we have Ada, which is to perform something correctly in its right time. Simple, job done. Like you pray Dhuhr once in Dhuhr time, then you move on to Ada. Make Ada of Asr in its right time, then you make Ada of Maghrib in its right time, once each time in its time. You have Qada, so you miss Dhahr, then you're praying it in Asr time, whatever you want to, whatever your yani, thinking is, this is now Qada of, uh, of, of Dhahr, because you're praying it after its right time. And then you have I'ada. I'ada is you pray Dhahr at home, and then you go to the masjid and you pray Dhahr again with the Jama'ah. You are repeating Dhahr again. So these are three phrases, okay? Ada, Qada, and al-i'ada, which means performing in its right time, performing after its right time, normally invalid, yani normally sinful rather, I should say, unless there's a legitimate reason. And al-i'ada, a recommended act from time to time. Al-i'ada, which is to repeat something in its right time after you've already done it. Al-i'ada can be sinful sometimes and it can be recommended. So sinful would be for you to just keep doubting yourself about the quality of your prayer. You prayed it once, you say, Oof. I don't know about that, it wasn't great quality, so you pray it again. This is nonsensical, this is what's worse. And then the example that I gave, if you prayed it, also you prayed it in a masjid in Jama'ah and someone walks in and they say, oh man, I missed it. 
and you say, let me give you some sadaqah, I'll pray with you. So yours becomes nafal, and they can pray, and they get 27 times reward yani for the congregation. So these are examples of that. Anyway, so you do not, when you're making ada, when you're, make, when you're praying dhuhr in this right time, you do not need to make the intention that it is ada, because of course it's ada. It's your normal first prayer, and you're praying in dhuhr time, so of course it's the ada, and of course it's fard. So you don't need to make these additional intentions. And also, And likewise, when you're praying qada, you don't need to make the intention that it is qada, because what else is it? You're praying it after its time, you're praying, you call it dhuhr after its time, so of course it's qada, because it's already after its time. It is already qada is that which is performed after its specified time in the sharia. Um, so, for example, if someone prays Salat al-Zuhr when he uh, 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 he slept all the way through Zuhr and Asr has entered, he then prays Zuhr. This is qada because it has happened after it, and you do not need to make the intention that it is qada. Top of page two hundred ninety-five, because any prayer after its a time is automatically qada. And then nafal. Ya'ani fin nafl al-mutlaq. Nafal superrogatory. Now remember we spent a lot of time talking about this. Nafals of two types. Al-muqayyid or mu'ayyin or al-mutlaq. The mutlaq is an absolute unrestricted, non-specified uh, type. You know, general uh, nafal. I just pray up and pray to rakah for whatever reason. For no reason, sorry. Like, you know, I just want the reward of nafal or I'm just feeling stressed. Then you have this, the, the nafal al-mu'ayyin. Nafal al-Mu'ayyin is those specified as Salat al-Duha, Salat al-Witr, Fajr, the prayer all around the obligatory prayers, what we call the Rawatib, etc. So you do not need an intention to uh, uh, identify that you are, whenever you are praying one of these mutlaq of Mu'ayyin Sunnah, Nafal prayers, you do not need to say to yourself that I am praying a specified or unspecified prayer you don't so for example if a person is praying witr and as you know the three imams malik shafi'i and imam ahmed bin hanbal they do not consider witr to be a obligation or wajib or anything it's a sunnah prayer and for the hanafis then they knew they didn't want to make it obligatory but they made it something a little bit less and they called it with uh, wajib okay and that's something we'll come to later little level down from fard so it's not sunnah but it's not fard but yani, it is a sunnah prayer there's no doubt about it it is a supererogatory prayer so if a person wants to pray witr he does not need to make the intention that i'm praying nafal witr whereas you know we were been taught when we were young that when we make the salah i'm praying this witr wajib we always say the word wajib with it this is completely unnecessary even to think of forget about to say saying it is bid'ah even worse but even to think about it is not necessary. And so, for example, if he is praying the four the, 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 the units, the sunnah units of dhuhr, he does not need to make the intention that these are nafal, etc., etc. And likewise, if they're praying general sunnah. So, for example, you wake up in the nighttime and you do not need to say that I want to pray nafal prayer now because any prayer of the night is nafal mutlaq. It is general nafal prayer because when you get up in the prayer uh, to pray at nighttime, you're not specifying any specific type of prayer because it's an open time for all prayers. So you pray whatever you want. You do not need to mention anything. And likewise, al-i'ada, it is not recommend. It's not legislated. It's not a condition when you make the i'ada to say that or th believe that it is i'ada. And what is al-i'ada? As Sheikh Uthameen says it in the middle of 295, he says, Whatever is performed in its right legal time for the second time. It doesn't matter whether that doing it again is done because the first one was invalidated or wrong or whether it was quite fine and you're repeating it again for another reason like i said you're trying to help someone for example um 
Sheikh then gives an example. He goes, for example, someone prays dhahr, then he remembers that he had no wudu, and then it is it is obligatory upon him to repeat this prayer. And if he repeats this prayer now, um, he does not need to make the intention. Okay, I'm making the intention to pr repeat this prayer. No, he just prays it. Um, so he goes, إِذَا فِي مَسْجِدٍ ثُمَّ حَضَرَ إِلَى مَسْجِدٍ ثَانٍ وَأُقِيمَةَ الصَّلَاةِ so he goes, if he, so if he was praying Salat Dhuhr in the masjid, then he goes to another masjid to meet someone and they started a prayer later. So then now the iqama is starting later. Then it is legislated for that person to repeat the prayer, meaning it's a good thing to do it. Yani, you know, he get rewarded for doing it. Is he obligated? No, but he should do it because people will say, why is this guy not praying with us? And you don't want to create bad intentions amongst the people. Remember that you're not just so kind of, you know, a lot of people say, I don't care what other people think. And that's true to some extent to some extent we should worry about our reputation the prophet i've spoken about this before that you do need to protect your reputation it's not just so laissez-faire that who gives the monkeys what people think uh, unless they're being completely unreasonable and stupid but if you are doing something which genuinely creates doubt then you shouldn't be doing that or you should clarify that's why the prophet when he was fasting and itikaf uh, no itikaf when he was walking with um his uh wife and the one of some other companions they they did just like, you know, they were like, oh, and they changed direction kind of thing because they thought that the Prophet ﷺ was walking with some unrelated woman. And the Prophet ﷺ said, hey, hey, come here, this is my wife, just to get that doubt out of the person's mind. So a person should do that if there is a reason that you've done something that could be interpreted in the wrong way. So likewise, when you are praying in a masjid, uh, people are praying in a masjid and you do not pray because you've already prayed, People will look at you and think, why the heck is he not praying? What's wrong with us or what's wrong with him, etc.? So you should pray unless it becomes really obvious that you've prayed and there's not a problem. Anyway, um, so the next part is So he makes the intention with the tahrima. Now the word tahrima is important. One makes the intention along with the opening takbir. The word tahrima is the same, is a, is a synonym for what we call takbiratul ihram. And both phrases come from the root word of harama, okay, to make something for to be sanctified or to be prohibited. And this is specifically al-ahrama. When you are doing the tahrima or takbiratul ihram, ahrama yuhrimu ihraman, okay, it means to make something haram. And what you're doing is that when you enter into the prayer, when you say Allahu Akbar, you are basically declaring that everything that normally was halal has now become haram, right? So you were speaking before, you were eating before, you were walking before, you were chilling before, you were, you know, you were not worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a formal sense before. So now all of that chilling has now become haram. Now you can't walk, now you can't talk, now you can't eat, now you can't speak, now you can't move, now you can't. Yeah, and you've got to be super, super focused now. Not, so not only have you made all of that haram, but then the second meaning of the word haram, yani that, that concept of sanctified state. You are now in the sanctified state. You are now in the divine state with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so this takbirat al-ihram then is a phrase which indicates that, that everything has now become haram. Now, when you say that, and obviously the takbir helps us in that because you know, it's one thing believing it and making the intention for it, you know, because when you're making the intention for salah to enter into salah, you're, you, you, that's what you're preparing to do. But then you physically actually do it. What is that physical entering into that haram state? Allahu Akbar, Allah is more important and more greater 
and uh, this sanctified state is now more in, uh, of a need to me and an obligation upon me than all of the halal states that I was enjoying and chilling with. So Allah is greater, Allah is better, Allah is more important right now than and to focus on Allah in this ritual act of worship than just a general focus on Allah when I'm not worshipping Him formally. So that's what the takbir does. So it's also known as a tahrima so get used to these phrases, okay? At-Tahrima. At-Tahrima is the opening Allahu Akbar. And of course, uh, as we're going to come to later on in the chapter of Salah, the Takbiratul Ihram is just a statement, Allahu Akbar. I'm raising my hands because that's of course what we do in the prayer. But I want you to know that the actual Takbiratul Ihram, it is initiated whether you raise the hands or not. It is independent of the hands. The raising of the hands at Takbiratul Ihram is a sunnah only. And that's according to the vast majority of scholars. But it's not an obligation. And that's a consensus on that. No one said it's obligatory to raise the hands. However, of course, it makes it clear whenever a person does that, you know, Whenever this is the universal sign for prayer, isn't it? If you see someone and you lift your hands like that, and then it, you know, then you just understand that it means salah, or that the guy is praying, or that they want to pray, or whatever. So likewise, you know, so it, it, it's it's a nice uh, it's a nice universal sign. Anyway, what does the text say? That one makes the intention along with the opening takbir. So it's got to be there and then near the actual act itself. Intentions have got to be closed. That's what that's the argument that's being made. Zakr al-Mu'allif Huna, the author has mentioned that the place of the niyyah is when, when it is as, po- as close to it as possible, uh, or, however, it can be done a little bit before that. Okay, a little bit before that. وَلَهُ تَقْدِيمُهَا عَلَيْهَا بِزَّمَنٍ يَسِيرٍ فِي الْوَقْتِ Or it can be done a little bit before that. Okay, um, and this follows a general qa'idah fiqiyah, a maxim, that whatever is close to something takes its ruling. Whatever is close to something takes its ruling. And this can have a number of applications across the board in muamalat and ibadat, in the issue of purification and salah, whatever. So that's such a general ruling to remember. And likewise, it's being applied here that whatever is going to be close to the actual salat uh, al-dhuhr uh, itself, then the niyyah for dhuhr will then be yani, more, more easier, more kind of confirmed, more natural as such. Anyway, so make it as close as you can. So it is like when you're standing for Salat al-Dhuhr, you just think to yourself, okay, this is Dhuhr. Allahu Akbar, and you're in. Okay, at the top of page 296, he continues. Um, it is... However, it can be done a little before that, as long as the time for the prayer has entered. Um, so, the key thing is, as long as the time has entered. So, what the Hanbalis are basically saying is that, imagine that you are about, you're at home, or you're, about, or, you, or you're near a masjid that prays the dhuhr straight after the adhan. The iqamah is straight after the adhan. Okay. So normally, how would we understand this? We'd understand this that, okay, Dhuhr starts at 1 o'clock and the Jama'ah is at 2 o'clock, okay? So the idea here is, is that you are at home, you know, you make your Dhuha past 1, then you go to the Masjid, you pray Sunnah, whatever, and then the Iqamah is starting at 2 o'clock. The Iqamah goes, everyone gets ready, and then you say to yourself, okay, this is Dhuhr. Allahu Akbar. That's with the, that's with the Takbirah. That's with the tahrima. 
Or you finish your sunnah and now you're just sitting there, okay? Five minutes to go and then you say, right, okay? You, I don't know, your phone rings, you check your phone, then you put it on silent and then you say, right, okay, let's get ready for dhuhr. So that's five minutes. That's a small amount of time. You stand up and the qamah goes, you got Allahu Akbar. You don't even renew the fact that you're praying dhuhr because you just did that five minutes ago. So that's what they mean. But they put the condition, so they said either do it with a tahrima or a little bit before it. As long as it's in the time. So for example, now imagine that the adhan's at one o'clock, but they pray at one minute past one, the iqamah, this masjid. You came to that masjid early at, at 12.50, made wudu, walked in, you're just waiting for the adhan to go. You're waiting for the adhan to go for dhuhr, and you're saying to yourself, right, I'm here to pray dhuhr, isn't it? All right? So you're here to pray Zahar, but you do not repeat the intention again. When you make the takbir, the prayer is not valid. That's what the Hanbalis are saying. They're saying the prayer is not valid because you have to do it in the time for that prayer itself. So you, even though you are close to the act, but you are outside the time, and so therefore we can't give it to you basically, because you are outside the time, you are before Zahar. Even though you were within that five minute yani, or gap, that acceptable five, ten minute gap, even though you were within that gap to the actual prayer itself, because the prayer had not started, it's not valid. That's what the Hanbalis say. Okay? That's very, very important. Because they said that the intention has preceded the time itself. It's, it, uh, it, uh, itself. وَإِنَّمَا فِي الْوَقْتِ ثُمَّ تَشَاغَلْ بِشَيْءٍ فِي زَمَنٍ يَسِيرٍ ثُمَّ كَبَّرْ فَصْنَاتُ صَحِيحًا So, um, the other thing is, what the Shaykh is saying, what the, what the author is saying, is that زَمَنٍ يَسِيرٍ So, for example, if a person came into the masjid at 1 o'clock, the adhan went, but they decided to delay the dhuhr because it's very, very hot, and uh, they want to make it cool down, so they delayed the dhuhr until 3 o'clock. And you just basically sat there, then you went to sleep, for example. You fell asleep, you woke up, you made wudu again in the masjid. And then at three o'clock you prayed. Also the prayer would not be valid. The niyyah would not be valid. Okay, because there's a long time. Two hours is a long time. This is according to the Hanbalis. Okay, so you've seen two caveats there. Number one, if the time becomes extended, okay, between when you made the niyyah, like a formal niyyah. This is of course going by the whole madhab, right? This whole idea that you've got to specify the actual... Uh, prayer itself, you know, the, as, and we've already said before that we're not specifying any prayer itself. We don't need to. If you're in the whole time, then just to uh, specify that you're here to pray is sufficient. Praying the obligatory prayer of this time. But anyway, it's the same thing, really, to be honest. It's a semantic thing. But anyway, they said that if there are two hours gap, long gap in the prayer time, or even a tiny gap between the niyyah and the salah, but the niyyah was made outside of the salah time, there's no niyyah, therefore there's no prayer. Okay. Shaykh Al-Thameen says, some of the scholars says, وَقَالَ بَعْضُ الْعُلَمَاءِ بَلْ تَصِحُ مَا لَمْ يَنْوِي فَسْخَهَا He goes, no, the prayer is valid and the niyyah therefore is valid. The niyyah, I should say, is valid. As long as one does not intend something which invalidates the niyyah. So if you made a niyyah and then after that never made something to cancel that niyyah out, it then continues for as long as it's necessary. Shaykh says, that this is applicable whether you made the niyyah before the time or whether you made the niyyah after the time and then there's a long gap before the actual act. He goes, why is it cancelled? You know, who got rid of the niyyah? It was your niyyah. 
He goes because the niya mustashabatul hukum mal anwiyan fasq mal anwiyan fasq. He goes the niya continues and remains there, yani uh, until you have removed it. Once you've made it, it's there with you until you've physically taken it out. That's why there's a difference between this and, for example, in uh, the issue of fasting. So remember when we covered the fiqh of fasting, um, it's obviously at the very beginning, you have to make the intention. And according to the scholars, it's a recommendation to repeat the niyyah every night. Okay? But the, the truth is, is that once you've made the niyyah at the beginning of the month, I'm here to fast Ramadan, Ya Rabbi, Ya Allahumma and then you've made this niyyah in your heart, Ya may Allah, accept this, and you start, you do not need to keep repeating that niyyah every single time. Unless, however, the scholars do make you repeat it. For example, if, let's say you fasted five days, and then on the sixth day you've gone on a travel for two days, very far, so you made the intention that, you know what, too far, too hot, too difficult, I'm not going to fast these two days. And so you've broken now that original niyyah that you had, that I'm fasting Ramadan. And then you've now not done two fasts, and then you restart again. They said because you're restarting, because you broke that niyyah, or because you were sick for two days, or because you were menstruating for five days, you should now, when you're now fasting before Fajr time, before the start of the fast, that Sari time, a Suhoor time, you repeat the niyyah again in your mind. You renew the niyyah because you're now almost like starting again. So that's an example in the fasting scenario. Here, yani likewise, once you've made that intention and nothing has broken, that continuous state of the prayer or preparing for the prayer, then why on earth yani, do you need to, why on earth are we going to invalidate it? That is what the scholars, some scholars said. He goes, So he goes, for example, this guy, the adhan goes off, he stands up, he goes out for making fordu and then he goes and pray. Then he goes, uh, th- th- then he, sorry, he stands up, he makes wudu to pray. Then he forgets about niyyah. Yeah, and he goes out of his mind. Yeah, yeah, and he, from khatiri, yeah, and he goes away from his immediate thoughts. Then when the iqama is established, he enters into the prayer without renewing his niyyah. According to the author and the Hanbalis, and actually Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shankriti, actually a number of scholars, they said this prayer is invalid because there's been a long time. Okay? Um, you know, a long time. Or because, you know, it happened before the Adhan. Or whatever. Okay? So this is not thingy. Um, but according to the second opinion, the prayer is valid because nothing has invalidated this niya. And this, This is the more authentic and correct statement. Because the Prophet ﷺ said that indeed actions are by intentions. And this person, he intended to pray. And he did not yani, indicate anything to uh, to you know to remove that uh, niya. So why is it that he's having to do that again? I have to say this is an excellent position. It's the class position always has been, and uh, and this is the correct position. Allah knows best. Okay, for in fi batalat. So if the intention is cut during the prayer, or there is some doubt, the prayer is invalidated. Okay, so. If the prayer, if the, the intention is cut during the prayer or there's some doubt, the prayer is invalidated. This is the humbly position. And actually, we need to discuss this in a lot of detail. So, for example, so there are different scenarios. And we've got to divide between these different scenarios to understand actually what's going on. So, for example, رَجُلٌ قَامَ يَتَنَفَّلٌ Okay? So, a person, he stands up to pray, prays some sunnah. 
And then he realizes that he has some issues that he's got to sort out. And so he breaks the intention to pray. He goes, actually, he says to himself, you know what? I can't be praying this now. Okay? I need to go. The, the author, Sheikh mentions Sunnah prayer here, Anafal prayer here, intentionally, because you just can't make that, you can't just intend to break or leave the obligatory prayer once it's started. But Anafal prayer, that doesn't have a specific reason, generally you just stood up to pray, that is a flexible matter. If you, you need to break it, then you can break it if you have some reason. So let's say, for example, he goes, oh man, I was meant to phone so-and-so, and if I don't, then I'm going to be late, or you know, I need to get a taxi or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a major important issue, but it's something that you want to break the knee for. So he intends now, I'm not praying. Once he intends that he's not praying, the knee is definitely, definitely broken. فَإِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ uh, yeah, The prayer has now become invalidated. There's no doubt about that. And that's the only complete consensus. This is because the Prophet that indeed actions are only by intention and every person should get that which what they intended. He intended to definitely leave the prayer, so he's left the prayer. End of story. And uh, that's it. So that's what the, so that first that, that first part is correct. Everyone agrees on that. If the intention is cut during the prayer, definitely cut, then it's game over. So for example, oh, so that's done. And now what about if he has some doubt? Taraddada. A taraddada fil qata. Yani he's thinking and he's not sure about whether to break it or not. Okay? So it's not in doubt. Yeah, yeah, you can say the word doubt. But the point is that he's double he's double thinking himself, right? So second thinking himself. So what, what would be a classic example? Someone knocks on the door. So he's praying and someone knocks on the door. So he says to himself, shall I break the prayer or shall I continue? So the author says what? That the prayer is invalidated. He said because if you doubt or start thinking whether should you or should you not, that's doubt. And therefore, when you do that, then the, the, the intention is broken. Um, and why is that? Why did he say that? Because he goes, even if he has not decided to break the intention, but he's even thinking about it. Okay? And for example, his phone goes off and he's not he's thinking, should I just answer it or should I not? Okay? Should I answer it or should I not? The, uh, uh, should I answer the phone, which means breaking the prayer? Or shall I continue with the prayer? So this, the, 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 the author says, no, this is done because he has not maintained that constant state of niya that he is doing the act, doing the act, doing the act, doing the act. That's the thought process behind this. Okay. However, some scholars will The prayer is not invalidated just due to uh, second guessing or, or double or, or doubting. That is because the original status quo of this act is the continuance, the continuance or the continuing of the niyyah. That's the status quo. It has not changed. That reality has not changed. So why are you pretending that it's changed or trying to believe that it's changed? It hasn't changed. So, um, and this is the correct opinion. It's not changed, so why are you changing it? Uh, as long as you have not definitely said that the intention is broken, then the prayer continues as it was. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Um, as long as he is not yani, intended to break it, then um, uh, uh, then the prayer itself has not uh, become invalidated. Okay. I do want to make a, a point here, by the way, 
that breaking the intention does not necessarily break the prayer, but it breaks that prayer. So for example, it is possible that a person be praying dhuhr, and then he you know, just says that. According to the Hanbalis, the prayer would just be cancelled. Okay? But let's imagine that a person was praying dhuhr, and he says, you know what it is, should I continue dhuhr or not continue dhuhr? And then he says to himself, well, you know what, I don't think I can continue dhuhr. Because my mind is now all over the place and whatever. I'm just going to now change this to nafil prayer. Yeah, and just a general prayer. And I'll start again. I'll, go, I'll, I'll, I'll answer the phone call. Or I'll phone the guy back and I'll pray the dhuhr again. That's actually possible. Okay? So he now loses the original dhuhr, according to the Hamblis. He would lose the original dhuhr status of the prayer. And it now goes to a lesser general nafil. And then he will continue that prayer. And then he will then... Uh, pray again, for example. But the point is that dhuhr is definitely cancelled. So I don't want to confuse you, but just point is is that according to the Hanbalis, doubt will also break the prayer. Cutting the intention completely also breaks the prayer. Whereas what are we saying? The class position is, as Sheikh Uthameen says, that the prayer is only cut and cancelled and invalidated if you definitely cut the prayer completely. But if you are doubtful about the niya, then it doesn't. Uh, an example, the Sheikh says, if uh, another issue, sorry, that's fine. Okay, that's very, very clear. I want you to know that, that if you're thinking, should I do it, should I not do it, should I do it, should I not do it. Same for wudu. Am I in wudu? Am I not in wudu? Am I, you know, uh, am I, am I, am I not? person says to himself, listen, man, shut up. I am in wudu. No issue. Let me continue. Okay, so he just continues. Is that clear? Um, another one. Another scenario. إِذَا عَزَمَ عَلَى مُبْطِلْ وَلَمْ يَفْعَلْهُ what if a person is determined to do something that will break the prayer, but he doesn't do it? So for example, he wants to speak in the prayer. So he says, I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak. Now speaking in the prayer is going to invalidate it. I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak. But he doesn't speak. So he intends to break the prayer by doing an act that breaks the prayer, but then doesn't do the act. So we're not talking about the intention. We're not talking about breaking the intention. We're talking about intending or determining or wanting to do an act that would break the prayer but then he doesn't break the prayer or for example he intends to break wind for example or break his tahara he wants to get into the state of hadith but he doesn't enter the state of hadith so some of the scholars said that the prayer is invalidated because he has determined to do a mufsid something which will correct the prayer and that would uh, something which will which which will corrupt the prayer, which will break the prayer. So uh, that's something which 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 uh, 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 you know, if a person is invalidating, wants to invalidate the prayer with an invalidator, then then it, the prayer is invalidated. However, some scholars said no, it doesn't. And actually, the madhab, the Hanbali madhab as well, also says, so actually, interestingly, the madhab says that um, thinking about breaking the niyyah, that does break the prayer, but thinking about doing something that will break the niyyah, but not doing it doesn't break the uh, prayer. I don't know, a bit of a contradiction amongst the Hanbalis there. At least we maintain our consistency. We say that not doing that action, even if you intend to do it, does not break the prayer. And having doubt about the niyyah, even if you're not sure about it, that yani, uh, about wanting to break the niyyah or not, Remember, there's a difference between I'm wanting to break the niyyah, to change the niyyah, and to wanting to do an act which breaks the salah. 
this bra'atna breaks a salah is different from the niyyah. I just want you to technically make the difference between them. Okay? So Sheikh Uthameen says that this is correct. He goes that uh, uh, invalidating is linked to the act which invalidates. And if it doesn't invalidate, then it hasn't invalid become invalidated. So it, this is the correct position. So uh, conclusion, the prayer is not invalidated by you wanting to do an invalidator unless you do it. Only then is the prayer invalidated and cancelled. Um, likewise, Sheikh gives an example. He goes, there's someone yani, who is a fa who's fasting and he wants to uh, eat, okay? But he does not eat. So he wants to eat. He goes, I'm going to eat. I can't handle this anymore. I can't handle this anymore. There are some scholars that said that the prayer is cancelled for this guy. Uh, the, the, salat, the, 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 siyam, the fasting is cancelled because he actually intended to eat. And that's haram. Who we'll say that yani, the thought is a bad one? But he is not yani, doing haram, nothing has happened, and the, pre the, 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 the fast is still valid until he actually eats. Okay, that's it. This, the, 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 the fast maintains it. Even if he wanted to eat but didn't get an opportunity to eat, and then the fasting ends in its right time, well then he continues. Okay? Mas'ala, um, situation. Uh, Sheikh says, what about other acts of worship? Do they um, become invalidated? If you intend, no, um, if you actually do something which invalidates it, okay? هل جميع العبادات تبطل بالعزم على القطع? Okay. So this is basically a person, Sheikh says, Yani, the question is being asked, all acts of worship, do they also become invalidated when a person intends, when a person does an act which invalidates it? Okay. All right. Uh, and Sheikh says, yes, every act is invalidated. Like, you know, fasting gets invalidated when you eat and Salah becomes invalidated if you, you know, run off or you break wind or whatever. All acts of acts of worship are invalidated when you invalidate them except for Hajj and Umrah. This is awesome. Okay. Naam illa al Hajja wal Umrah. Fa inna al Hajja wal Umrah la yabtala nabi ibtalihima hatta law sarraha bidalik. Waqal inni qata'atu nusuki. Fa innu la yan qata' walau kana naflan. Bal yalzim al madi fihi wa yaqa'a sahihan. وَهَذَا مِنْ خَصَائِصِ الْحَجِّ وَالْعُمْرَةِ أَنَّهُمَا لَا يَطْلَانَ بِقَطْعِ النِّيَّةِ لِقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى وَأَتِمُّ الْحَجَّ وَالْعُمْرَةَ لِلَّهِ This is amazing. Okay? The exception is for Hajj and Umrah. If a person, for example, he says that I have broken my, my, my nusuk. I have, I have, I, um, I don't know. For example, let me think of an example. He, um, let's say a person, he doesn't, do the ihram from the doesn't put on the ihram from the miqat and he says I'm not going to either okay whatever reason he has okay that actual act of invalidating the conditions and the obligations of hajj and umrah itself does not actually ruin the hajj and umrah itself because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says complete the hajj and umrah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala meaning you continue you are still meant to continue. You can fix various things, but you are still meant to continue. Okay? You are still meant to continue with the actual act itself. 
Rather, he needs to, he continues continuing performing all the acts of Hajj and Umrah, and it will actually end out to be correct, even if he tried to cancel it or invalidate it in this kind of manner. Unless it's something which completely destroys the act, like he goes home, for example, or something like that. Obviously, then the act hasn't happened if he's gone home, isn't it? Okay. Um, what about. ولو علق القطع على شرط فقال إن كلمني زيد قطعت النية أو 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 قطعت النية أو بطلت صلاتي. Okay. According, what about the scenario that you place the breaking of the prayer on a condition? So you condition that breaking. So for example, I am. Uh, uh, praying but if Zaid speaks to me I will break the prayer in Kalamani Zaid I will I will uh, I, my Nia will break I will change the Nia or I will break the prayer so the scholar said yeah according to the Fuqaha yani, the majority of the Fuqaha I should say that the, the prayer is invalidated but Sheikh says no according to the correct position it has not لأنه قد يعزم على أنه إن كلمه زيد تكلم ولكنه يرجع عنها عن هذا العزم. so uh, 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 this one second let me just make sure I get this correct. أنه إن كلمه زيد تكلم ولكنه يرجع عن هذا العزم. In Kel yeah, so so uh, according uh, because he's made that decision, the prayer is invalidated. But it could be that that it happens and he doesn't speak. So Zaid would speak to him. Zaid just speaking to him does not break the prayer, even if you intended it. What kind of intention is that? According to the fuqaha, the majority they said no, the prayer is gone. We say the prayer is only going to be gone if you actually speak to the guy. Then yeah, the prayer is done. But if you intended that. If he speaks to me, if he comes in and speaks to me and asks me some questions, I'm going to answer him, I'm going to break the prayer, and he comes in and you don't do it, then the prayer is not broken. That's our position. So therefore, Sheikh says that we have a number now, or a number of scenarios that talk about the breaking of the niya or doubt in the niya. So for example, the first one at the bottom of 297, moving on 298 on to 299. So if the niya is broken completely, Yani you say, I have now left the prayer completely. Okay, you've intended that. I'm now not praying. Like I said before, if a person says, I'm not praying, you don't need to go say, Asalaamu Alaikum Warahmatullah. You've lost the niyyah. The niyyah has got to be there all the time. So if you break that niyyah, then you're out of the prayers. End of. Okay, it's a strange one. But if you break your niyyah, you're gone. You just walk out the prayer then because you're not praying. So the Sheikh says there's no doubt that the prayer is invalidated. Everyone agrees on that. There's no doubt about that. The second scenario, فَإِذَا If the niyyah that you make is conditioned, you will break your niyyah based upon something happening, then, then the madhab is that the prayer is invalidated. We said no, it's not invalidated until you actually invalidate it. Okay, even if you put it on a on a condition. A third scenario: If a person has doubt, did he break it or did he not break it? 
then or should he break it or should he not break it should i do something or not shall i just leave the prayer or not the madhab says that it is gone we say no it is not gone the prayer is not invalidated because you are still in the prayer as long as you have completely left it and the fourth one if a person intends to do something which is haram or something which will in invalidate the prayer but does not do it okay then the madhab and we also say that the prayer is not invalidated because it is because the 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 invalidation is being claimed to have been invalidated and but the thing the invalidator never occurred it never happened so how on earth have you invalidated the prayer you haven't okay that's good وَإِذَا شَكَّ فِيهَا إِسْتَأْنَفَهَا okay so if if one doubts their intention the prayer is restarted okay this is the next position all right let's have a look about this if a person is not sure did i intend this or did i not then the salah has to be repeated because the asal the status quo is that you didn't pray the status quo is that you didn't pray you weren't praying okay and you need to have had the intention to initiate the beginning of the prayer so if you're not sure whether you made the intention or not okay this is what we're doubting now whether i made the intention or not then that means that you got to look at the, the, the doubt does not overcome uh certainty what is certain here here's the real big discussion here this is a big big discussion of fiqh by the way we've already covered the fact that that uh, 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 that certainty is not removed by doubt certainty is always yani, the, the, the thing which remains doubt can never overcome it that's why whenever you get doubt just ignore it because you know you did something the, and the question here what is certainty well certainty should be that you didn't you weren't praying before and now you're praying and so if you're not praying before that means that there was no intention to pray either and so if you're doubting that you didn't intend to pray well the doubt what well, the original state was that you weren't praying anyway so therefore the doubt is a good uh, indicator of what was happening before which was that you weren't praying so if you are um, if you are not sure whether you made the intention or not you go back to the original state the original state is that you weren't praying and that the prayer wasn't there and therefore you are not praying and that's why the vast majority of the scholars meaning the Hanbali madhab the shafi'i madhab and some of the Hanafis and the Malikis, meaning not their Madhab position, not their Muftabihi, but some of them, they all said that this is the correct position. I want to put to you, as Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar said, as Sheikh Uthameen said, as virtually all of contemporary scholars that are yani they are making review of this point, they said that really it's, to be honest, quite difficult to imagine, okay, a scenario for a normal person to get up and stand and leave the house and make wudu and go to the masjid and make takbir and them thinking that they never made the niyyah to do that and that goes back to my first lesson on the niyyah i want us to be really getting rid of this stupidity this doubt okay because once you start questioning yourself then you will always question yourself you'll always say to yourself i didn't pray i didn't make intention whatever habibi there's no other reason that you went to the masjid at that time to do all of that in that manner in that way except that you're doing it for the prayer so i think that's very important uh, uh, i think that's very important uh sheikh uthameen says to be honest the obvious scenario is that this doesn't really happen um, and it's not likely for this to happen and it's a very very rare situation that will happen except for a person who has waswasa 
A person who has waswasa, this is very important. A person who's always got OCD thinking, did I, did I not, did I not? The same thing with did I wash my hand properly or not? And he's looking and he keeps washing. We've dealt with that before. We said, throw that waswasa away. Whatever you did was uncertainty. And likewise, we know that there is no ibra lil mishkuk, yani, or la ibra bishakihi. That when a person has waswasa, then it doesn't matter. We give that person a general ruling anyway to ignore all of their waswasa, to ignore all of their doubts and second, you know, thoughts and whatever. So if that's the case, then why are we worrying about him anyway? I hope that that makes sense. Okay. So this is a rare situation anyway. And if a person does think that because he's waswasa, then he's ill and we're telling him the solution of how to deal with the waswasa anyway. Waswasa is of two types. Uh, I saw a really nice article. Uh, I haven't read it completely, but Yaqeen boys are doing a good job. And our uh, LP uh, superstar, Sister Ruhi, she's involved in uh, Yaqeen as well. And I like the fact that she's taken a real senior role there because she's got a real a whole load to offer. And uh, her and uh, Omar and the team at Yaqeen, they wrote an article on Waswasa. You should check it out. Because I haven't read it fully, I must say that. But I just saw the graphic. And when I saw the graphic... I felt comfortable because immediately they started off with a confident concept that one, there is um, the general yani waswasa where shaitan might come and put a few eyes into your mind and you start to think about things. Then you've got that which is, you know, to an extreme level, which is ridiculous. And that, as I said, needs to be ignored entirely. But I do want to just take this opportunity to have a chat, okay, about this principle about yaqeen about the original status quo being something and then there being doubt whether what comes first or second okay because actually this concept itself can come under question it's always going to be argued what is the original status quo so in this salah scenario it makes sense okay that if you're not praying that means you're not having a niyyah to pray therefore when you enter the prayer and you're not sure about and you have doubt that you have no niyyah then it does actually make sense that you are not praying, that you never had the niyyah, or that you should make that the ruling, because you know that you are having doubt about whether you added a new niyyah to a scenario where there was no niyyah. And so if you are doubting that, then you go by certainty, and certainty is that definitely before you had no niyyah, because you wasn't praying. So that makes sense. That does make sense. Okay? However, there is another qa'id fiqiyya, Another maxim which is used in fiqh and in sharia, which is called i'mal al-zahir. I'mal al-zahir. And that basically means going with that which is obvious and, and clear and apparent. Al-zahir meaning the obvious, the outwardly, the, what's going on. If a person, like Sheikh Uthameen says, he leaves the masjid, he's waiting for the adhan, he's waiting for the adhan, he repeats after the mu'adhan, he makes wudu, he leaves the masjid, goes to the masjid. He's doing all of the acts which is absolutely confirming the fact that this person is intending to pray. So, he is praying. And the shek, therefore, in the prayer has no basis. Because that would belie and betray all of the acts you've just done. So, what were all the acts that I just did? What were they? I mean, they were effectively the prayer. And the intention for the prayer, and the establishment of the prayer, and the delivering of the prayer. So these two now key principles in fiqh are almost coming head to head and clashing. Both are giving different, different answers. I have to say I'm very comfortable with the second. You're going by the obvious. And you have done everything that established the niyyah. And I, especially in the issue of the niyyah. Okay. Um, a person really... 
has so many doubts about it. And so, I, I, and uh, that's only because we made it so difficult for us. I think that this is unique to the Niyyah. We made it difficult. And I think always a person has an intention. And I spoke about this. Go back, to, if you if you're listening to the lesson for the first time, go back to my first one or two lessons on the Niyyah. And I think that you should understand that every action that you do, if you know that about you're doing an action, you've intended it, as Ibn Taymiyyah said. If someone learns about something and then does an action, they, that's because they intend to do the action all the time, each time. I'm very happy with that as a principle. Okay, folks? So I want you to continue with that. That idea that, you know what, Nia is something which is there, doesn't break, unless it is obviously broken. Okay? The other scenario is what? A person is ill and he's having doubts and stuff. Well, that's something which we have said already is not to be included, not to be worried about. Okay? So what do we then, what did the Sheikh say? He said, what, uh, this person, uh, da, da, da. he goes, so Sheikh says, uh, um, So for example, Sheikh says that if a person did indeed, did indeed have a complete doubt about the fact that they... Uh, the author and everyone has made their position clear, and that's fine. But Sheikh Uthameen, uh, we're saying it's very unlikely. It's very, very, very unlikely, okay, that a person forgot to do the niyyah if he done all the actions. But now Sheikh is going to go into theoretical mode, nazariyan, he says. Let's just say for the sake of argument, Sheikh says, that a person did actually not, uh, he genuinely does not know whether he made the niyyah or not, okay? Um, then then yes a person then would go back and start the prayer again based upon certainty with a new niya because uh, that's the only option that they've got left if they did not do any of the actions or maybe they can't remember doing any of the actions maybe they've had a complete blank out they're just walking and they enter into the masjid all of a sudden yeah and they didn't leave home there was no other there was no going to the masjid intentionally blah 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 let's just say yeah, i'm creating a theoretical scenario then this person we would assume that they don't have the niya Okay, and then if that's the case, then they should repeat the prayer again. But even the mu'allif, even the author, is allowing an exceptional case, uh, a caveat, and that is if this person is not got waswasa. Anyone who has waswasa, who are always suffering doubts, this does not apply because the people who suffer doubts, we always tell them ignore your doubts and you carry on because this this is like an exceptional person. All right, um, this is something which is uh, a nice a scenario. Sheikh says lo Okay, so what if a person definitely knows they made a niya, but they're not sure about what they made the niya for? Now, we covered this, didn't we? The hanabila, okay, what will they say? They'll say number one, if the person has lots of doubts, waswasa, kithir shukuk, and so on, then no, we don't even consider his doubt. That person's fine. They give that guy an exception because they know that that guy's just, yeah, yani, you know, he's having a bit of a difficult time. So he continues in his prayer. But the Hanabila say that if he is not someone who suffers from waswasa to a serious level, but only basic, then this person has to repeat the prayer again, start again from the beginning because he did not make the niya for that specific prayer. Okay? As for those like us and Sheikh Uthameen who says that it's sufficient just to have made the intention that I'm praying the obligatory prayer of this time, which is the same thing effectively, then the person does not need to make the niyyah again. And that's why I believe that this original position is the more correct position. This idea of the, 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 that a person is very difficult for them to be praying 
a prayer without intending that prayer. And if they've intended that prayer, they've intended it in one way. Either they intended it because of the time, or they remember the name, or it's because they recognize that this is the, the period that I should be praying in. Well, I feel that this area on Nia flows very smoothly, very nicely. I can't help but believe that. I may be biased on this, but that's what I believe. Allah knows best. Um, I think we're going to stop there, to be honest. I'll give you guys the bonus of a short lesson. I'll give myself a little break as well. Yeah, I deserve one. I looked at last week's lesson. It was one and a half hours. What? One and a half hours. So, and also it will keep the file size small as well. And to be honest, the main reason is because the next section is a major section. It's all about changing Nia. All right? So the first part was what was Nia. Then it was about the presence of the Nia. But now we're like moving in a logical progression. Okay, now we're talking, we definitely have the Niyyah, we're in control of the Niyyah, we know what it is, we've got it, we haven't lost it, we're not dying, doubting it. We are now so in control of it that we're now manipulating it. So now it's the manipulation of the Niyyah. Can we move the Niyyah about, change it in our minds? I will now, I'm not praying Zahar, I want to pray Asr. I don't want to pray Zahar now, I want to pray Sunnah. I want to now not pray Witr, I want to pray something else. I want to not pray by my own and I want to join that Jama'ah. There's a lot of really associated good things here. And I think that that should be dealt with yeah, in its own section, inshallah. So, um, yeah, I think we'll call that, all right? I think that's enough for uh, this uh, session. And inshallah, back in Shiva next week. And uh, we'll uh, smack out the next paragraph with also a new set of notes as well. Wallahu ta'ala a'alam wa subhanakallahu wa bihamdika shahadu wa la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruka allahumma wa atubu ilaik wa salamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.